first. We're so excited that you're joining us for worship this morning. We're going to kick it off as we do each week with some worship music to our God. Why don't you stand and join us? Let's sing this together. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. And man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Satisfied here. 
knees together. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never
Good morning. Welcome to Contemporary Worship here at Noblesville First. I am Pastor Jill and leading our band is Pastor Matt. We are really happy to see you this morning. We are still celebrating Easter here at Noblesville First, I hope everywhere, but he is risen. He is risen indeed. So glad to have you with us this morning. A few announcements I want to make sure you know about. Uh, first of all, this is my last Sunday with you all before I take a month off. Yes, <laughs> mixed reviews on that one. So I am taking a, the month of May as renewal leave, as Sabbath time. I have been an ordained minister serving churches for 15 years, believe it or not. I've never taken an extended break. Yeah. So I'm overdue, and so the month of May I will be uh, on leave. Um, two weeks of that I will be sailing the Mediterranean with my best friend from seminary. She is a pastor in Texas, and she and I are going on a Journeys of Paul cruise. So it's kind of a um, spiritual pilgrimage, a time to renew our, our faith and also have some fun. So we're going to be going to all the places that Paul went on his missionary journeys um, through a Royal Caribbean cruise. So that's going to be really fun. The rest of the time I'll just be catching up on sleep, taking care of my kid, exercising, lots of naps probably. So... Uh, I will be missing you all and continuing in prayer for you here. You're in good hands. You'll hear from Pastor Matt. You'll hear from uh, Pastor Jerry. You'll, you'll be in really good hands here uh, while I'm gone, and I will return June 5th, and I will be hitting the ground running as we are preparing for our lead pastor, Pastor Nicole, to come in August. So we'll be working, all our staff will be working hard for that, and I'll be ready to go. So I will miss you all and be, be in prayer for me, too, for travel mercies and all those fun things. All right, so first of all, today is our Teeter Wildflower Walk. That is today from 1 to 4. You can go out anytime during that time frame, but there are guided walks at 1, 2, and 3. So hope to see you out at Teeter today. It's going to be a really good day for that, so hope to see you out there. And we also have our plant sale coming up. So if you would like to put a sign in your yard, there are a few right out the door and to the left on the table Pick one up and also sign up to let us know you took one because there will be people going out to collect the signs from your yard for you when the plant sale is over. So please pick one up, and that is May 7th and 8th coming up. Our youth group will be going to Top Golf on the 30th, so that's next Saturday from noon to 2. Anybody been to Top Golf? Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? So our youth will be out there. Make sure to visit our website for more information and to get your middle school or high schoolers signed up for that really fun event with uh, Director of Student Ministries, David McKenzie. Youth group will be also meeting tonight from 6 to 8 back here in the Vine. So I hope to see you then as well. And speaking of teeter, lots of teeter events because it's spring probably. May 6 launches our Adventure Club for Kids kindergarten through fifth grade that will be once a month may through october so the first one is may 6 from 5 to 7 my son is six years old and he is super excited for the teeter adventure club so hope to see you out there uh, for that as well our moms group launched this past wednesday we had a really nice group of moms who came out and uh, just had a time to connect. We had some good bagels and coffee conversation. So that will be resuming every week. This week we'll be meeting down here in Wesley Hall. 
So come on out. Um, any moms are welcome with young children. Your kids are welcome too. We're maybe working on some childcare. We'll see about that. Um, we're, it's a work in progress. We would like your input. So come on out for Noblesville First Moms. And of course, please, please, please check out our website for any and all information you need about things happening here, noblesvillefirst.com. You may also give online, submit prayer requests, or just see what there is to get involved with. You also received a connection card today, and there are some options on there of things that you might uh, plug into. So please let us know that. And of course, uh, Pam is here. She's our hospitality person, so make sure to see her on your way out if you have any questions, and of course, um, myself or Pastor Matt as well. And since Antonia is here, I'm going to have her wave. She <laughs> officially came into membership in the 945 service. Welcome. She's been coming to our congregation since probably this past summer, um, and we tried to get her in for her vows in January, but most people had COVID, so we didn't get her in, but she officially came in at the 945, so make sure to greet Antonia on your way out today as well. And now we have a stewardship video, and then after that, our scripture this morning will also be a video, so let's take some time to reflect upon those. Hi, my name is Megan Thomas, and I am the school social worker at White River Elementary School. I have been with White River Elementary School for three years now, and one of the first things that um, I was told that I'd be doing would be working with our community partners, and I quickly came to realize that um, Noblesville First United Methodist Church was one of our biggest partners, and um, I was able to quickly connect with Pastor Raritan and find out of all the wonderful things that your church does for our school. And so first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. One um, program that your church has that is just really great and really close to my heart is your Kids Hope program. And that is where church members um, can be mentors for students here in our building. Since COVID, it's kind of changed a little bit to where mentors are still connecting with our students. Um, we got creative and we try to do Zoom meetings since um, some of the rules said that we can have volunteers in the building. But we also then decided to have an in-person meeting with um, additional volunteers. And that's where the All-Stars Club came to be. It's on Wednesdays after school with um, volunteers from your church who come and they are paired up with students who have also signed up for the club. We play games together, they do activities, they talk, and they get to know each other. And what I think is really cool about it is that they really learn from each other. And I really do think students um, look forward to it because actually I don't think that they do. I know that they do because they always ask me, do we have club today? Are we, um, are my mentors coming? Will my mentor be here today? Uh, if you are a mentor, I want to say thank you. And I know when I see you, I probably don't thank you enough. I really do value everything that you do for our school and our students and the relationship and impact that you have is just immeasurable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you'd like to become a mentor, um, you can reach out to me, or currently it's Jean Morris at, in your building. Um, I would love to have you because the more mentors I have, the more students that I can have um, participate. And we know that connection is one of the most powerful things to impact student learning and student self-esteem.
One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Unless I see the scars of the nails in his hands and put my finger on those scars and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were together again indoors and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Then reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop your doubting and believe. My Lord and my God. Do you believe? Because you see me. How happy are those who believe without seeing me? In his disciples' presence, Jesus performed many other miracles which are not written down in this book. But these have been written in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through your faith in him, you may have life. That was from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29, in case you want to go back up later and look at that. Well, a man was on trial for murder. There was strong evidence of his guilt, but no corpse. So when the time came for the defense attorney to give a closing statement, the lawyer, knowing that his client would probably be convicted, tried to stump the jury. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, he said, I have a surprise for you. As he looked at his watch. Within one minute, the person presumed dead will walk into this courtroom. As he turned to the courtroom door, the jurors, looking stunned and confused, looked eagerly, awaiting to see the entrance of this so-called dead person. A minute passed and nothing happened. Finally, the lawyer confessed, well, I actually made up the previous statement, but you all looked as if someone was going to walk through the door. I therefore say to you that there is reasonable doubt as to whether anyone was murdered and insist that you come back with a verdict of not guilty. The jury, still looking stunned and confused, left to make their decision. A few minutes later, they returned with a verdict, guilty. The lawyer was surprised and asked, but how? You must have had some doubt because I saw all of you stare at the door. The jury foreman replied, oh, we looked, but your client did not. <laughs> yeah? Oh, mm-hmm. So doubt, or lack of it, can be very revealing. It certainly was for Thomas. Now, we give Thomas too hard of a time. We call him Doubting Thomas. We think, oh, he's, he has too many doubts. We don't know what he's about. But I personally identify with him more than any other 
of the disciples. In fact, I named my son Xavier Thomas, because the name just, it, Thomas, Doubting Thomas, speaks to me. So if you were in Thomas's situation, what would you do? What would you do? Because all Thomas is hearing are these eyewitness accounts of his friends. He's hearing from these other people, and he wants to see for himself. I imagine he might find his friends as reliable as some of our news media today. For example, let's take a look at this eyewitness account. Now this just in, police uh, officers in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, were asking people to be on the lookout for a man who robbed a store. And I think, yeah, I think we do, we do have his description. Can we take that? Let's take his description. Okay, this is the guy there. Uh, they, want, they wanted people in Pennsylvania to be out on the lookout for. He's got, uh, he's got a nose and some hair that goes like that, and he was, uh, he was wearing a hat at the time of this particular, particular crime. He's got kind of a chin that comes down to a, almost a point. Stands about five feet four inches tall. There it is. Get a good look for yourself. Oh, and now I'm getting word that police actually caught this guy. Thanks to the sketch, no doubt. So, here's a picture of the real guy next to the sketch that led to his arrest. Where's the pointy chin? It's uncanny, Lisa. <laughs> uh, the, the guy uh, on the left is now charged with two counts of theft. Is being held in the Lancaster jail. And I say give that sketch artist a raise. This wouldn't be so funny, except it's a real sketch. That was actually the sketch that the police sent out to the good folks in Lancaster. <laughs> and, hey, to their credit, they, got him. they came through. Okay. Minus the hat. Uh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oof. Well, it's no wonder Thomas needed to see for himself, right? But when Jesus does appear again, and Thomas is there, Jesus shows him kindness and grace, even as he had doubted before. The risen Christ meets Thomas exactly where he is in his previous skepticism. He doesn't condemn or judge him. No, instead, Jesus invites Thomas to see and feel the evidence for himself. His pierced hands, his side, top of his head. And what's interesting is that our text does not actually say that Thomas reached out and touched Jesus. Our video showed him grabbing his hands, who knows, but our text doesn't say. So perhaps Thomas, upon even seeing Jesus, is like, yes, my Lord and my God. Now, I admire Thomas because he doesn't get embarrassed. He just keeps it real. He comes out with us, I got to see it to believe it. Thomas is the guy who doesn't always get things the first time, just like many of us. Amen. <laughs> but is unafraid to question or challenge what he hears or sees. We are not always great with people like this, but Jesus' patience and grace shows us a different way. Now, my son Xavier, he's six, and he's asking questions about everything, everything. This morning it was, Mom, what kind of donuts are they going to have? What kind? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How does this work? What is this? What is that person doing? What's happening? 
Or, you know, he'll ask questions like, the one, the latest one was, how do babies come to be? Hmm. How, how do they get born? Dude, no, I'm not ready for, ready for that. <laughs> so I'll admit that sometimes I get annoyed with all of those questions and I lose patience a little bit. But I have to remind myself to see the world through his eyes. And I'm also reminded that it's important to confess that sometimes the best thing that we can say is, I don't know. I don't know. And the older I get, the less and less I seem to know. This is one of my uh, favorite pictures from artist Brian Andreas. He writes these stories and has these, these prints and artwork. This says, this is a box that holds everything I'm certain about. And as you can see, it has a top that doesn't quite fit. So things in there come and go as they please. Anybody else have a box like that? Yeah, yeah amen. So we shouldn't ignore the fact that the disciple who doubted also gave Jesus the highest praise and confession of faith found in the Gospels. And he says, my Lord and my God. According to tradition, Thomas was the first disciple to leave Jerusalem, and he didn't waste any time doing that. The other disciples remained in the upper room, perhaps out of fear or even their own doubt. But Thomas, after seeing the risen Christ for himself, was ready to go out into the world and tell others about him. Tradition says that Thomas traveled all the way to the tip of India, the furthest of any disciples, and he gave his life for Christ as a martyr. Thomas sure went a long way with his doubt. In this case, I think that we could all use some of that doubt. Perhaps we need to change Thomas's name from Doubting Thomas to Curious Thomas. As Pastor Matt shared earlier, if he says something like this again, but Awesome Thomas. Awesome Thomas. He should be best known not for his doubting, but his curiosity. He wanted to get the answers for himself. He wanted more. He wanted a richer experience and an explanation and a chance to dig deeper. I would even challenge that he was that he was not doubting Jesus, but instead he was longing for Jesus. He was longing for that assurance. He had such a deep longing for what Jesus said to be true. Thomas wanted it so much that perhaps he couldn't bear to open himself up to the possibility without the assurance that it was real. Now, it's unfortunate that a lot of times in our world, especially in the world of church and faith, it's horrible that doubt is being viewed as something negative. Christians, I think, are especially made to feel guilty if they express doubt or question their faith or the teachings of the church or the teachings about the Bible. Overall, I think the church has sent a message that doubts are not welcomed when really the church should be a place where we bring those doubts, where we encounter the risen Christ as someone who receives doubts and questions with grace. Church should be that safe space where we bring our boxes of uncertainties and our doubts and our fears and our skepticisms. We don't come to church to be spoon-fed. We don't come to church to check off a box or a list of things that we think that we should believe. No, church is that place where we come to be and wrestle with our questions. 
We come to dig deeper and we ask and we talk and we listen to one another. We should always be about seeking answers, asking questions in a safe community, and being honest about when we struggle with our faith. If I had never doubted my faith, I would not be standing here before you today. The Thomas season of my life was definitely when I was questioning my faith as a Jewish person when I was a teenager. And I thought to myself, well, I'm sure hearing a lot of other things that people are saying about Jesus, but they're very judgmental and kind of scary. I want to find out for myself. So I began wrestling, questioning, and feeling like I needed to see something to believe. I needed some concrete answers, something more real, something black and white, easy to distinguish. At the end of the day, of course, it was a leap of faith, a gut feeling of God speaking into my life. That feeling of when I just had to throw up my hands and say, I don't know, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's when I finally had that assurance that God was at work. And even after all of that, even after going to seminary, after being ordained as a United Methodist pastor, guess what? I still have doubts. I still have doubts. I still question a lot. And I feel like part of my call to ministry is helping people wrestle with doubts and walking alongside people in their questions of faith. And I had to become very comfortable with not knowing. I had to embrace the mystery that is our faith and be okay with that. Because if we never doubt or ask questions, we are never going to grow. If we never get uncomfortable with our faith, then we will be stuck in that same old pattern and will never move forward in our relationship with God. So much of the church today, I feel like, has been tamed in that aspect. Because we don't allow enough room for those scary questions or doubt. Mike Iaconelli is a writer and a theologian and a co-founder of New Specialties. And he speaks this hard-to-hear truth that we have embraced the wrong understanding of faith. He once said, Faith has been reduced to a comfortable system of beliefs about God instead of an uncomfortable encounter with God. So I ask you today, when was the last time your faith in God made you feel uncomfortable? Think about that for a moment. When was the last time that you asked a tough question about your faith? And where are you settling for simplicity rather than journeying through the complexities? There's a man named Pastor Greg Tonkinson, and he shares his tragic story about losing his wife, Leanne, in a car accident. And she left him and their young children behind. And he began to struggle with his faith. What would you do, he asked, if faced with a tragic situation that threatens to unravel your faith as you know it? After years of offering comfort to people grieving such a loss as this, what happens when I feel I can no longer find answers based upon my own faith? But over time, Greg realized that God was present in those moments of fear and doubt and present in the midst of his grief and loss, and that God even strengthened him in those moments. 
When we come face to face with any unfathomable point in our lives, it's ultimately our vulnerability and the ways that sometimes we throw our hands up and realize that this is the kind of time where we are brought closer to the heart of God. Because in our honest moments, we all have our doubts and our questions about faith. And I am challenged most personally when I look at the brokenness of our world and I wonder where God is in the midst of it all. I wonder what I would do if someone said to me, we have seen the Lord. Would I have enough faith to believe it? But then I remember Thomas and how his doubts actually turned his heart outward to a strong life of faith. His meeting with the risen Christ and the way that Jesus received him gave him the strength in the midst of his doubt to carry out the mission of being a disciple of Christ and perhaps the first to go out and tell the world about him. I believe he does the same for each of us. So God is there. God is there in our questions, in our fears, our doubts, our struggles. And God meets us where we are and invites us to observe his hands, his side. God invites us to reach out and touch for ourselves that we might believe. And when we are bold enough to proclaim in the midst of our doubts, my Lord and my God, or even the prayer, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. May we press on to live lives as those who have affirmed the resurrection of Christ out there in the world. May it be so. Amen. I invite you now to join in a time of prayer. You'll be invited to pray silently. Perhaps now is a time to lift up some of those doubts or questions that you have or things that you're wrestling with. Lift them up to God. Lift up people that you know of who might need a prayer or comfort, lift up the situations in our world in need of healing. And then I'll say a prayer, and then we will say the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Holy and living God, meet us here today. Meet us with our questions. Meet us with our doubts. Meet us here with our fears or anxieties about faith, about life, whatever is weighing us down. Lord, may we know that even in the midst of our doubts, we know there is growth. We know there is healing. We know there is evidence of your goodness in our lives. So like Thomas, may we rejoice in that fact and proclaim, my Lord and my God. Or may we continue to pray these prayers, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And may our doubts not scare us, O oh God, but continue 
that growth experience that we will have with you if we are willing. If we are willing to ask, if we are willing to seek, we know that you continue to find us just as we continue to find you. And Lord, today we bring into this space people in our lives who are in need of prayer. Perhaps they need your peace. Perhaps they need your healing. Perhaps hope. We lift up those who are perhaps grieving the loss of a loved one. We lift up those who are struggling with health concerns. We lift up our children and we admire their questions, their curiosity, and their joy in life. As spring is upon us, we know that our children are getting antsy for summer, and so we lift up our schools and our teachers and all those working to finish out the year strong. We pray for our church as we are in the midst of a transition time. We pray for Pastor Jerry as he is leaving us, and we pray for Pastor Nicole and her family as she is coming. We ask for open hearts and minds for the new season that is ahead. And Lord, we pray for our world today, especially those places overrun with violence, disease, poverty, oppression. Stir our hearts to compassion with our hands and our feet in the ways that we love and serve. And God, we thank you that we are Easter people and that we have seen you, O oh God, as risen. And so prepare us to go out into the world to share that good news with someone else in the midst of what seems like death. May we be quick to point out life. And Lord, in all of this, we give thanks and we ask all in the name of Jesus who teaches us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I actually wrote a sermon a long time ago called Doubting Thomas or Awesome Thomas. Because we don't hear a lot about Thomas throughout the scripture. And really there's one other story where his name comes up and it's right before Palm Sunday. Right before Jesus decides to go back to Jerusalem. He's at the funeral for Lazarus and he rises, he raises Lazarus from the dead and he tells his disciples he's going to go back to Jerusalem. And they all say, no, Jesus, you can't do that. They'll kill you. Except for Thomas. Thomas says, no. <laughs> Let us go back with him and die alongside him. Because Thomas knew. Thomas never doubted his Lord. He doubted people and what they told him. And I, like Pastor Jill, would not be a pastor today if it wasn't for doubting people. Because we are fallible. We are wrong probably more than we're right a lot of the time. Thomas knew where his faith lied. It wasn't in a set of beliefs. It wasn't in a list of tenets. It was in his Lord Jesus Christ. And so I invite you this morning to doubt people. To doubt lists of tenets and rules that we've created for faith. And realize that the love of God cannot be contained in a list. It cannot be held in a box. That lid of certainty will always be open as God makes foolish the wise. In 1 Corinthians, we hear Paul recognize this when he says the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. And the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. God is bigger and more loving and more merciful and more grace-filled than you could ever imagine. And it has taken my entire career as a Christian and a minister, and I'm still learning this lesson, that it is more important to be loving than it is to be right. misconception that I'm going to stand before Jesus one day and he's going to say, you were right. No. He's going to say, you were loving. You were merciful. You were grace-filled. That is the thing that makes God who God is. And so today we join together at the Lord's table, a table that is open here in the Methodist Church we, like Jesus, believe in an open table. That means you don't have to be a member of this church or any church to share with us in communion. Because that's not our table. It's God's table. It is the table that Jesus sat at with his friends and disciples, those who had walked with him for years, with Judas, who was actively betraying him as he offered him bread, with Peter, who would deny him three times, and Thomas, who would doubt what the people told him. Everyone was welcome at that table, and everyone 
is welcome here because the blood and body of Christ is big enough and powerful enough and forgiving enough for everyone. And so today we invite you again to come to this table and recognize that it doesn't matter if you are doubting. I hope you're doubting this right now, that you do not put your faith in my words as a man's words, but that you recognize that the love of God is bigger than I could ever, ever describe. This table is open. Here in a moment, we're going to invite you to come. If you did fill out an action card, you can drop it in that basket on the right. Let us know how we can help you get involved with the ministries here at Noblesville First, how we can help you be like Christ and minister to the community around you. If you brought an offering today and you'd like to offer it as an act of worship, you can drop it in that basket as well. The basket on the left contains communion cups. They've got a little wafer on the top and a cup of juice to represent the body and blood of Christ. We invite you to take one of those. You can take it back to your seat if you'd like and take the elements there. You can kneel at the altar if you'd like to light a candle, if you'd like to say a prayer, whatever it is that draws you into worship with your God today. As we remember, you remember the night that Jesus was killed. He was eating with his friends and he broke bread and he gave it to his friends and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. And after supper, he took a cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are bigger than our words, than our lists, than our tenets. You are bigger than any box we could ever put you in. God, encourage us today. Put on our hearts who you are. A God of love. Help us to realize that our doubts are okay and that you are bigger than they could ever be. That you don't chastise those who doubt, but you open your hands and you say, come. Father, we thank you that you are that God. And we ask as we do each week that you make these gifts of food and drink for us to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. The table is open, friends.
invite you to go 